Wow, we're getting close to 130 episodes. Hello, everyone. Good afternoon. Hope everything is well. Thank you for joining another cool episode of the Beast of Tech Tuesday. And now I'm in our showroom with a lot of cool cars behind me. YTS Sick. Good seeing you. Fast Flores. Good afternoon. Taylor Robbins Media. Greetings indeed. Hello, William Bullyment. CC Havis. Thank you so much. Hey, Car Guru Network. Fox Design Paul. Greetings, sir. Oh, I owe you a package, don't I? Gapina. Hey, yo. What's up, Dan Bo as well? Greetings, Ricky. Ricky, are you going to the PEC this Saturday? Because I plan on being there as well. Yo, 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 Marky Marks 2TM. Thank you, Smoking Garage. This is rad. Appreciate that. JW Allwood Drive in what car? I don't have one of those. Hey, hey, DT Project Works. And for those of you on YouTube, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon on this network. And if you want to participate, follow us on Instagram at BCMoto, B-I-S-I-M-O-T-O. And you too can be part of our discussion. Model Porsche, good seeing you. Thumb up. AJ Thompson, hello, sir. All the way across the pond in the UK. Green car behind me looks nice, says Carmen. And you know what? It's for sale. So if you want it, it's one of my earlier targets. Come and grab it. Hello, Relentless Racing. Yo, what's up, the kid brother? Ha <laughs> ha, I will send it. I need to just pull it out. They came in as mad. Love your work, dude. Thank you so much, sir. Appreciate that. Prince Soul Sky. Orlando, Florida, all the way back east. Thank you for joining us. What up for Roth Fab? What up, Roth Fab? I think he's here. I didn't quite see him yet. What's good, Mobbins Visual? I want to sell your shirt. Um, sure, let's talk about it. <laughs> ah, greetings, Iken. Kamaran 9A, good seeing you. EV vs. Petro says Market Mark T2N hits the ground running. Oh, there is Sam. Hello, Sam, sir. So, for those of you also listening on the podcast networks, using a loo, walking your dog, laying down, taking a break, working out, whatever the case may be, I really appreciate you. So, question came to me, pros versus cons on petrol versus EV. So, let's talk about pros of the EV versus petrol. Clean emissions, amazing acceleration, the torque is out of control, absolutely spectacular. I have never driven anything and felt the acceleration I felt in the EV setup. Above and beyond that, it's extremely quiet. So if you like a quiet op- opportunity to create the perfect sleeper, that's the way to go about it. Above and beyond that, if you're a music lover, I want to hear the pure musical sound inside your automobile. That's great as well. The opportunities for autonomy are fantastic. So that's a great advantage as well. However, wow, what are some of the cons? First, technology is limited. And when I mean technology, everything from high-density batteries to whereby it doesn't match a petrol engine in terms of weight versus amount of caloric value it provides. In other words, the amount of fuel that you can get from each pound is a lot more with gasoline, so it doesn't make it very appealing from an EV perspective. Cost is also something else, primarily due to the batteries as well. And then when you come to anxiety, you don't have that many charging stations as you have petrol stations. So it's a bit of a challenge. So what does that mean? It means that the future is bright, especially for tuning and opportunities for advancement and clean emissions and lots of fun and the torque is absolutely fantastic because the petrol engine starts off with low torque gets the peak torque for a brief period of time where efficiency is the best and falls off while evs are absolutely fantastic you can have immediate full torque at one rpm and you can carry on for a long time before it falls off so i see most manufacturers investing so much in that in that technology which is fantastic we're doing the same thing as tuners embracing that as well because 
I want to keep going fast. I understand the feature of tuning, and I want to be an early adopter, so we're doing cool things with that. Don't be surprised if Sam and I knock out some of these center seats in, in EV form. Don't be surprised. It is coming and can come sooner than later. But we want to be there, and as battery technology becomes more cost-effective, more and more of those will continue to go on, you know? Get those hearts up, says Fast Flores. Thank you so much, you know? Um, Jai... Next says, do you keep your car's peer correct when it comes to wheels, etc.? No, I do not. For example, right behind me, I talked about this on Instagram, right? So this is the center seat that Samuels here helped put together with us. Now, this is an early 90s vehicle. Oh, I say early, but late 90s vehicle. But the wheels are carbon rev, and they are fairly recent technology. Full carbon fiber wheels, extremely light, stronger than you may see with, with aluminum, absolutely spectacular, and Changed the entire driving characteristics of this car. Hello, Miss Ductibra. <laughs> I don't know if I said your name. Mr. Ductive, PRA. Okay, good seeing you. Emoni, good seeing you. Julio Petro, good seeing you. So, I don't. I like to be able to take something that looks good on the car and performs more than being peer correct. Now, in the very back there, you can see that slant nose. That has peer correct wheels from the 80s, which fit very well, but it also has a nice style to it. But they're not German, they're Epsilon wheels from Japan. If you see what's on there, on that Ninja Turtle little target right there, it has wheels from Spinworks that are a little bit different as well. And for my blue IROC, I'm sorry for those of you on YouTube, but you can't see that, but if you look at the blue IROC right there, that has a modern interpretation of the Fuchs wheel, which uh, 1552 put together. And also um, our friends from uh, Magnus Walker and his team helped design as well, which is pretty nice, you know? Payne JK is asking, what country are you from? I am from Nigeria and West Africa, you know? Um, do you work on BMWs? Physically, we design components for them, so if you need pistons for your Beamer, no problem. But also, if you do need flashing solutions, like tuning, we do that as well. How about a fleet of all-wheel drive electric old-school Hondas? Type 2 vinyl works, that is a great idea. And that's something that I'd love to do as a passion project, but do I foresee my Honda brethren falling suit? Not really. Just, I feel just because of the cost of the setup, even though it would be the most fastest, ridiculous thing in the world, because of cost, I don't think a lot of Honda guys would embrace that. So I'm not sure if that's a good direction for us at this time. You know? JD was a German car, multicultural, amen, yes. And now, people see the wheels and they think it's gaudy wheels, but no, they are Epsilon wheels from Japan. 87 Red Porsche, BC, loving my post-chamber exhaust. Have you thought about working with Steve Wong 99 chips to create your own for performance? No, I have not because I'm not a huge advocate of the older fuel systems on 911s. I feel that having a chip helps a little bit, and I've seen a lot of Steve Wong chips come here that weren't ideal on the dyno. I still think that updating your 911 to a sequential injection is the cat's meow. You get better gas mileage, better performance, more power, and you can get rid of that barn door math, which is so, so restrictive. And guess what? Even with a sniffer, you'll pass emissions. How great is that? What determines which way you put the turbos on a twin turbo flat six build? I've noticed that you sometimes have the air filters in the middle and other times either side. So Mio, I like to be able to take advantage of the, of the adhesion that comes with putting weight in the rear of a vehicle, okay? So that being said, anything I can do to allow the opportunity to keep those back wheels planted for adhesion, I'm for it. So you see me put turbos in the rear of the car as much as I can. When it comes to whether the filters are in the middle or on the side, it purely has to do with aesthetics. So you see in something like the blue Porsche that I have here, the filters are in the middle. Or if I build a 935, which 
the homage points to doing something where the filters are not like this, but on the side and the piping's in the middle, that's what I tend to do as well, you know? What is your opinion on compressor surge to get that turbo too, too? Let's say it had, it could destroy everything. Some say it doesn't affect much. Ruined S13, you have a very appropriate name because the one way to ruin a turbo is with surge. That is, that surge is so bad. That's when the turbo tries to ingest more than it can. And that typically happens when you put big turbos on smaller engines or have a turbo that's not appropriately sized for your power plant. And what happens is the air starts trying to force its way back out of the turbo. It's very hard on cartridges, very hard on turbo shafts and can break turbines and shaft, turbine blades, compressor blades, and even shafts themselves. It's really hard on turbo. It's not good at all. For sound, I love to have a nice sound for a turbo, and that can be done with your aerodynamics. So, Turbonex, for example, has this new compressor wheel that's 11 blade. Not only is it extremely efficient, but it sounds absolutely amazing. So that being said, Whenever you have computer, when you ever have surge, I would do one of two things. Size your turbo properly, or if you have, don't have the option, get a ported shroud, a ported compressor housing. That will allow any air that cannot be ingested to back out and go through the port back outside. And maybe get ingested again in another pass with the turbo, or just not create surge at all. That's the way to do it. Bugsy Vinci Nwaibo saying, thank you so much. Ndewo. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I missed your question, Fox. Please ask again. I'm so sorry, but I must get to what I promised. Why did we build this center seat Porsche? So, Sam was an integral part of this, talented fabricator. And this is the way to really have, how should I say, the most perfect balanced Porsche. Now, I had the opportunity, thanks to Porsche North America, to experience driving a Cayman and the Cayman R in particular at the California Speedway, and it was absolutely fantastic. It didn't have the power of the 911 Turbo S, but it handled, believe it or not, way better. So I knew that the Cayman R it lacked was power. So what did I do? I'm gonna raise you guys up and forgive me right here on, on YouTube, but you see that silver one right there, that silver Porsche? That is the Cayman that I picked up. I picked up a 2007 Cayman S, had the opportunity to twin turbochargers, so it got it to, I think, 480 horsepower, and it was perfect. It had the power, had the handling with some KWs. I put some, you know, 52 wheels on it and also ended up doing some, something with Carbon Revolution. It was really, really impressive, but I wanted more. So I sat down with both Sam and, believe it or not, Matt Crook from 1552 and said, hey, what could we do to push this even further? And then the concept of center seat was born. How about being a mid-engine is great, making good power is great, but what if we put the driver in the middle? And then Sam came up with his mindset, why don't we keep the seat fixed and telescope the pedals? Even better, right? Guys, when it was done and tuned, and I remember the first time we took it to the track was at Streets of Willow in Rosamond, California. Willow Springs is a track that you, many of you may have heard for quite a while. I drove it for the first time, taking it easy the first time out, driving it slowly, all right, and then kept going faster and faster. And then there's one particular turn at streets that you have to remember to really slow down. And if you don't, you have a problem. Yes, AJ, I'm gonna make sure it happens. You have to slow down this turn. And AJ, I don't know if you can help me. I don't know if it's turn three or turn four. There's this turn at streets that's really aggressive and you really have to slow down. Well, on my third lap, I forgot about the turn. I, mean, I was just so excited experiencing the car and how great it felt. 
I forgot to slow down. And when I got to that turn at speed, I pretty much just let go of myself because I knew I was going to crash. I knew I'm going off track. And I just turned, and guess what? The car hugged on our RRR's, hugged the turn, and was just so forgiving. And I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I put on the pit, and I gave Sam, Sam, go drive it. And Sam jumped in. Um, we were going clockwise. We were going clockwise. Um, so I gave Sam the vehicle, and then Sam went out, didn't even come, Sam did like six laps, didn't come back in. And he's like, oh my God, this is amazing, which was great, you know? Wow. So that, that was fantastic. Um, it was, it is the best handling car I've ever driven. And I just need people like Sam and AJ to teach me to be a better driver at the road race track for me to fully immerse myself in enjoying this vehicle. And then hence, we built a black one right there for Momo, which you can see right there. There's another black center seat right there. And then Mattel wanted one from Hot Wheels. So that's on the lift and getting some shiny bits put on it. And it's going to go there. Yeah, absolutely fun times. And Sam, I look forward to doing even more with you. We're going to have a good time this year, which is fantastic. Oh, Ryan is coming over. So Ryan, I can't wait. You'll be leaving in 45 minutes. Um, I don't think you'll make it by lunch. So if you need us to get something for you, let us know. Or maybe you can eat before coming. It's up to you. But Ryan's been helping me with the, um, you can see back there. Oh, you can't see it. Oh, you can see a little bit of it. Um, on the bottom right there where I'm pointing right there, K3V. Ryan's helping me with the charging system on that, which is pretty cool, you know? Yes, 90 degree left after chicane of death. Yep. <laughs> that thing was crazy. But AJ, this car is so amazing. It's fantastic. Sounds good, Ryan. You eat there? Okay, I'll see you here. And I'll be nice and ready. I think I have a conference call with a guy from up north, um, the guy's from Silicon Valley at 2.30, but it'd be a brief call. And then um, it's a Zoom thing, and then I'll be back again. It's pretty cool. And then good. Hi, BC. Would you ever see you go to my the Works to make a twin turbo full carbon Porsche? That'd be epic. That'd be nice. Um, what's the chap who's the owner of Gunther Works? He also owns this uh, German BMW tuning company. I'm drawing a blank on the company name. But nice chap. I've met him a few times, even went to his office in Orange County. But we don't have any plans of that yet. You never know. But if we do, it may be a challenge doing some more petrol things. I may convince him to do something more electric. Um, what is the hardest part of building K3V, says Ruin S13? I would say the most challenging part was the wiring. I really did underestimate the amount of wiring that goes into a properly designed EV conversion. Everything from the standard wiring with the high voltage to the low voltage systems to even most importantly charging and above all, which I'm still playing with to today, the battery management system, the BMS. It's a lot involved. And I'm even going to revise that more tomorrow and going to the weekend. And the goal is to be able to have the battery management system communicate to my AM dash with all warnings in place, information about the battery state of charge, balancing and creating that balance opportunity and also give me a great opportunity to monitor temperatures which is extremely important so that if temperatures get out of hand especially if i start flogging on this thing it'll give me warnings and i can initiate fail safe to keep everything going suggestion for an, a mild all motor k20a build well you know what i'd love to see you do aj a k20a head a k24 bottom end or if you're able to do the tss k24 all around that'd be fantastic and since you love doing road racing, I want something pretty straightforward. You can blueprint the bottom end, do some camshafts, valve train as well, an RBC intake, an aftermarket header, and a proper AM Infinity, and you are good to go. Hybrid Maserati. It's weird, I know, but you know what? You're saying that, but 
1-8 is happening. Mazda is doing that. They're building electric vehicles which will have controllers that will allow you to mimic the power delivery of a petrol engine so that people don't get too freaked out. I'm not. I love the feel of immediate torque. But they're doing that and they're using a rotary engine, a lightweight rotary engine, as a range extender. Like what you would see in the Chevy Volt, per se. How did BC Motor come to be? Any cool story? Well, I'll give you the short version because we can spend the entire hour talking about that Dell Grand OZ. So, and I'll get to your question, R3513, in a moment. The entire time I came to the United States, I've loved cars. Before I came to the United States, I loved cars. My first word as a baby was car. So, second, second word was light. Weird that I'm getting to EV stuff now when my second word was light. Car light It's my first two words. Strange, huh? Anyway, my son is the same way. He loves cars. Okay, so, when I came here to the United States, I knew that I wanted to get into vehicles, and I, I wanted my first car and so on and so forth, which I wanted an MR2 Turbo. Uh, actually, not MR2, an AW11 or a Pontiac Fiero, because I like the look and the, the mid-engine layout and all that fun stuff but I couldn't afford it, so I ended up settling, believe it or not, for a Honda CRX. The entire time I was in college, I raced cars. Now, when I went to university, you couldn't go on Amazon and buy parts, or eBay and buy parts, or walk into a speed shop. Parts just didn't exist for tuning hot hatches like the CRX. So as an engineering student, I had to come up with designs to be able to make my car go faster and faster, and find adequate fabricators to help me bring my designs to life. Well, each time I went to the raceway, which is in Long Beach, yes, there was a drag strip in Long Beach known as Terminal Island Raceway or Brotherhood Raceway in Terminal Island. I'd go faster and faster each weekend, and people asked me, how did you go, what did you do to your car? How did you go from 16.2 to 15.4? How did you go from 15.4 to 13.9? What are you doing to your car? And I'd say, oh, I did this camshaft or this valve train, or I did this exhaust manifold. I switched over to induction my, to do a carbs, and so on and so forth, and that began my, my journey into creating components for myself and ultimately for others because people said, hey, do the same for me. And that being the case, that's what happened. And I graduated from college, did my internship in petroleum, didn't like it, got my first job in pharmaceutical research, defected into pharmaceutical sales, did well there, and the whole time raced and broke records. And if you, any of you who have come to my office see all those trophies in my office that I have more at home, that came from racing. And my wife now, then my girlfriend, who comes from a very enterprising family, and I come from a family of scientists, she convinced me, hey, BC, you're doing this, you're passionate about it. Have you considered opening up your own business and starting, especially since I inherited a manager or a leader that's not so good? Oh, it's choppy? Okay, it must be my Wi-Fi. Let me try and see if I can get out of Wi-Fi. Give me a second. Let me see if I can get out. Okay. All right, guys. So I got out of Wi-Fi, and hopefully this is much better for you guys. Um, so long story short, in 2006, right before the economic downturn, I decided to put in my notice and open up my facility in Pomona, in a thousand square foot facility, smaller than this showroom I'm in now, and started Beast Engineering. So that's how that started. Um, I think I had a question about how the K3V would stand up to the Taycan and also the Tesla Model S, the K3V would destroy them. Absolutely destroy them. And why? 
the K3V has a little bit less power than the Taycan, Turbo S, similar power potential to what you may see with the Tesla model P100, but weighs, wow, half the weight of the Tesla and more than half the weight of Taycan. Um, so R35, that thing weighs 2681. It's really light. It is the most terrifying, fastest thing I've ever driven. It's crazy. Rune S2 thing is asking, is the K3V using a CCS2 or a J1772 charging port? Definitely J7712. In Southern California, I can speak for because we're on here. It's the most plentiful. And then I have you know, a home charger for level one. There's a J1772 as well that Albert provided. And then I have my, you know, my good friends from Arizona who sent out this very nice device as well um, that has a J1772 level two. And even as we went to the stadium this past weekend, J1772, CCSs and CCS2s are not very popular quite yet. And I understand the opportunity to have a high-powered DC fast charging. And a port looks really cool, by the way, the CCS. But I'm staying with what's more ubiquitous, at least in the region that I'm in. And the time may come where I may do an op optional port. Who knows? Or I may just upgrade completely. But right now, it is J1772, by all means. Are you planning on building cool hybrid cars in the future? So ex-ghost, I don't plan on being half pregnant. <laughs> what I mean by that, I've kind of tasted the Kool-Aid. Um, unless it's a demand from a manufacturer, you will see me crank out cars that are purely petrol-based, um, but with some type of alternative fuel, meaning um, it could be anything from liquid um, um, petroleum, or it could be something like a propane-based or flex fuel of some sort, because I'm really a huge advocate of cleaner fuels. Um, pure carbon fiber, not carbon fiber, pure hydrocarbon um, gasoline is not my forte. I really don't like that. Um, and then above and beyond that, the EV stuff is just, it's really intoxicating. I was really against EVs. I thought it was really stupid and it was for tree huggers and people who are just you know, wearing hemp sandals. I didn't want anything about it until I drove. And guys, it's, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. It's, it's in a good way. Jesus asked, whatever happened to my CRX? Do I still have it? No. It was collecting dust in my garage at home and it needed to be on the track where it belongs. So my good friends, the twins, Eric and Edgar, um, they always ask me about the CRX and want to race it. So I sold it to them for little or nothing. I think like 600 bucks. I know, something that heritage. And they promised to get it on the track, I think that was three and a half years ago. It still hasn't been on the track. I'm kind of sad about that. Weber DCOE40s, twins, how much horsepower can they handle? So it's not a handling horsepower thing. It's actually the engine displacement. So the most I did with twin 40s, if my memory serves it correctly, was 178 wheel horsepower. And it maxed out there, I was choking. And how I knew was that I put a vacuum source on one of the runners and looked at the vacuum it was pulling, and it was pulling over four inches of mercury, four millimeters of mercury, I should say. Um, and that wasn't good. That was really restrictive. So I would say, and I was running a 1.5 liter engine then. For me to finally make the best power I did on a small displacement engine, which was still 14, uh, 1530 cc's, I ended up going with a 50 DCOSP side draft. Now, you may say, is that too big? Think of this. If you have a 40 DCO, you have a much smaller Venturi. And the Venturi is what allows for the depression in pressures to allow the small spigot to meter 
and atomize the fuel properly to help bring the fuel from the bowl into the stream of air. And most of the 40s will have what, a 36, 34 millimeter venturi. So think of you in fuel injecting terms running a 34 millimeter ITB. So what I would do is a 45, that's a very happy medium if you're going with uh, Weber's, uh, or 44 if you're going with Makuni's. That's a good way to go. My pleasure, x -Ghost. my pleasure indeed. Jamal from Saudi Arabia, working in the Honda company as an auto electrician. Do I have a job or training? Um, you're a bit far away. If you're nearby, maybe we could work something out, but you're pretty far away, sir. My pleasure indeed, BB Detailing. Garcia says, hello, BC. Hope you're having a good day. I have my car stored until I can fix it. I turn it once a week and don't uh, drive. Is this a bad thing to do? Should I not start at all? No, you need to. And I'll tell you why. Something very, very simple as when your engine stops, your valve springs are compressed there. And it tends to anneal them after some time. So it's a good idea to do that. What I will recommend, especially if you have a high RPM, small displacement engine, is to please use some good zinc oil in there because non-zinc oils will wreak havoc on your valve train, especially for a car that's sitting for a while. So, um, of course, I recommend Purell. That's what we use. That has about 1,770 parts per million of zinc. I would highly encourage you to drain whatever you may have in there and put in a, a reputable, high-zinc, good-performing oil like Purell. And it should be good. I think we have it on sale now for like 14 a quart. It's pretty good on the Beast Motor website. Luis is in Spain, has an A70 Super, nice, but NA. What's the better choice? Put a turbo in the 7M GTE or just swap to a 7M GTE or 1JZ? If you can, 1 or 2J. 7Ms are cool, but they don't make the power that you see with 1J or 2J. Um, I would swap it if your budget allows you to, by all means. I think Good has, has a good question, says, hey BC, over the years of racing and building cars, is there one car above all that you really miss or would like to have again? If you ask me this question early in 2018, I would set the wagon, which I brought back together. But as I think about it now, a car that I miss quite a bit would be my Porsche 911 C4. It was a 964. Um, it was a 1989, and that was a pretty cool car. I wish I still had that. Um, so to a good friend and customer of mine, and uh, him and his wife were enjoying it, which is nice, but I really do miss that car. Apart from that, the wagon, but I, I resurrected a new wagon with even more technology and an engine that is much more appealing and much more powerful. Hypothetically, says Fox Design Paul, thoughts on a hybrid EV and hydrogen in the future? Will the car will run mostly on electric but use hydrogen for a longer drive and help from, with charging? Yes, I think that's fantastic. As a matter of fact, I saw a concept like that at Rio Honda College last week. So the professor who's the head of alternative fuel there has quite a few golf carts powered that way and it's spectacular. I think, in my opinion, that is the perfect combination from a hybrid perspective. Not liquid petroleum, not even propane, I would say even natural gas, not even that, but hydrogen combined with an EV. And if I'm to do a hybrid that's Porsche-based, I guarantee you it may look something very close to that. So that's a smashing idea, Fox. I like how you're thinking. Anyone can find that CRX chassis, I'd like to get to it. Thanks. Well, GNG, tell you what, send me a DM here on Instagram, and then I will connect you with the lovely chaps that picked it up for me. It needs to be on track. It belongs there. And I think it still has the same cool livery that we had on it years ago. 
Hyperdriver Alex Graf, thank you so much. Good seeing you, brother. I haven't seen you in quite a while. Hope all is well. Are you familiar with Cody Loveland Racing? He's EG Hatch. He has two small electric motors, primary wheels, with a J turbo for the front. Thoughts? Everything about a similar idea? No, I'm not familiar with him, Mark. Um, I think that's really cool because I love the creativity involved there. But um, no, I, would, I don't know. I don't know much about him. I'll probably look into him and see what he's doing in terms of his setup. That, but that sounds like a lot of fun. And it sounds not too invasive if I'm thinking he's using wheel-based motors opposed to a center motor driving axle. So I don't know what he's doing. But I wouldn't mind looking him up. Hello to Wagons One Cup. I love this guy's name. I haven't seen you in a while. Hope all is well. Pure FTW, Demounts. Amen, sir. You know. Marky Mark says, I was sort of salty against EV vehicles at first, too. Then I rode in a Tesla P100D. Have seen the light. I hear you, bro. Uh, same way. Same way. We took a combination vehicle, the new NSX, second-gen NSX, to Orindale here. And then my wife, Hetty, drove the orange one, and I had a blue one. She did not lose one race, even against much more powerful cars. She spanked a demon. Now, it wasn't any demon. It was actually a demon engine in a base model Challenger chassis. So 300 pounds lighter with a demon engine, gutted, slicked down. She's on street tires. She spanks a demon in eighth mile. Now, the demon had a higher mile an hour, and if it was quarter mile, maybe it would have been different. But think about it. A bone stock NSX beating a demon. And why? Not because the petrol engine was out of control, because with launch, it launches BAM using the EV motors. The two motors in the front and the integrated motor assist in the rear, and then weaning on the petrol engine. And it was a, it was a force to be reckoned with, which is amazing. You know? I'm trying to figure out how many pounds of torque I need to put on the F23A Honda engine with these upgrades. ARP head bolts, Bicetto head gasket, 22 pounds of boost. So here's the thing. I have always used the ARP recommendation. Now, I, my memory doesn't serve me correctly, but I think what I've done on F22s and F23s hovers in anywhere from 75 to 84 pounds. Of course, I go in three steps, and I use the proper factory torquing sequence to make that happen. Here is what kills. I get these emails and text messages and DMs all the time. BC, are there better ARP studs than what we have? Do they have L19s? I'm lifting my head. Do you know what happens in a lot of people with F-Series and then bullion gaskets? Too much ignition timing, coupled with many times too lean a fuel mixture. And it doesn't necessarily happen in full boost. It happens when tipping in partial throttle. Because some of these guys are tuning their cars full throttle only, not paying attention to knock. So on my F22A setups, I, yes, I have a knock sensor. I have a GM knock sensor set up on my engines, monitored by an AM Series 2 or Infinity. And then it shows me where knock is, and I pull timing away from that. And when you do that properly, you wire in a knock sensor on the F22 and F23s and monitor knock in both tip-in and full throttle, you will not have a need for anything more than the standard ARP studs. I'm telling you, that's the way to go. My opinion. Oh, thank you, my, thank you, Lewis. I appreciate the kind words. Speaking of oil, BC says ruined S13 as a 20. Love diesel oil. So I run 15W30 Royal Purple, but I'm going to be switching to Amazon oil. Do you think I should go with a different oil? Yes, I do. Both oils that you mentioned have very archaic technology. I mean it, really old. I think Amazon's claim to fame was the first in synthetics. You know how much synthetics has changed in the past two years versus 20, 30 years ago? 
And the one thing about the guys on Pirro, because I, even as a chemical engineer, didn't understand why their formulation makes great power and how it gives such protection, and I had, why I had a hard time heating it up. They do a lot in aerospace and military for the government, and they shared me, they educated me that oil that is typically consumed by us in the automotive world is so old and ancient. This technology is ancient, it's cheaper, so these companies make money. As far as I'm concerned, Pure should be like 50, it should be $50 a quart. It's that good. So they're using that same technology. It's probably the same oil they sell to the military. It's probably the same thing that it's selling to us. But the fact that we can sell it for $40 a quart is ridiculous. And the fact they even offer sponsorships to people, that's even crazier. So that being said, yes, not only does it have high zinc to protect, the zinc doesn't disassociate easily like other oils do. So you don't have your catalyst getting ruined. I would highly encourage you to do what I did and step away from those brands and embrace Pirol. You would not regret it. And if you want to take advantage of their sponsorship, which I sell the oil, I should really say that, but hit them up, DM them, Pirol USA here on Instagram. Talk to them, DM them, tell them what you can offer. They'll offer you a sponsorship. Take advantage of it. Take advantage of it, by all means. Um, talking about EV cars, any thought about the Remax Concept 1 or 2? Joker, absolutely amazing. The fact that Rimac himself started with a BMW with a blown engine, created his first EV project, and fast forward today, he has contracts with Hyundai and Porsche and creating his own supercars. His stuff is amazing. I love it. I love it indeed. You know? Where would I begin a career with your company? I love building cars and work as an auto design tech and have my own cars and I'm building currently, but love a career in the performance field. See, that you're very passionate about the SRT for boys. The one thing is that you need to be very happy with what you do. So to be able to work in a company like ours, it could be ours or companies that are similar, you really have to bring a lot to the table. I mean that. The ability to understand and disseminate information, to have an open mind and think out of the box, those are key things. And also to be very particular with your builds. Some of the reasons that I have a challenge in making things bringing things to market is I'm so particular and wait so long because I want to make sure that things are very good before I put out there. I don't experiment on customers' cars. And guess what? It's because I want things to be done properly. So that being said, that is something that could happen. If you're in our local area, shoot us your resume. Send it to lab, L-A-B, at bcmo.com. We'll take a look. And if you have what it takes, we'll bring it in for an interview, and you may join our cool team here. Great-looking cars. Beautiful under the hood, too, says Death Star Droid. Thank you so much, sir. CT Designs has a great question. It says, hello, BC. What are your thoughts on E85 S2000 supercharged? I'm at 405 horsepower right now. What would be the gains for E85? Now, are you on petrol now? And if you are, you will love E85. Now, E85 does have a lower caloric content than gasoline for each unit of fuel. However, since you use more E85, about 35 to 40% more, to burn the same amount of air of gasoline, when you burn that same amount of air, you make more power. Five to eight percent more power. And that's typically on an engine that all things being equal. Now in your case, on a supercharged S2000, not only do you have the ability to increase power based upon the calorie content, you now have a higher anti-knock property because 85 puts away knock and pre-ignition much better than gasoline. So you can now put more timing even get more boost safely on E85. You'll consume more fuel, but you can make a lot more power. 
plus 85 has a lower latent heat of vaporization. And what does that mean? At a lower temperature, it can evaporate very quickly, go from liquid to gaseous stage, and cool down your intake charge. So what does that do? It promotes a cooler intake, which allows you to have more concentration of oxygen, which allows you to make even more power. It's a win-win-win. You have to upgrade your system, of course, for your pump, your lines many times if you have an older setup. Most S2000s, oh, I think all S2000s have compatible lines, so you should be okay there. And you may definitely want to go with large injectors if you don't have them already. Most of my customers that have boosted S2000s that run E85 start off from 1300cc injectors and go as high as 2200 per cylinder. So I hope that helps. Good answer, my friend said, adding good. It's strange how cars can affect us in terms of missing them. I really love a wagon like your original one, but with the F22 H used turbo with all the trimmings. That sounds like a smashing project indeed. Imagine an F22 with an H to B. That'd be fantastic. Imagine an H to B with a sequential B series transmission from Quaid. Even better. Hi, BC Moto, says Christopher Angus. I'm building a 2JZ 68 Mustang. That sounds cool. With a T56 Magnum, nice gearbox choice. Any preference on what ECU to run? Plan on doing 60 to 700 horsepower to wheel with a single Garrett turbo and a hypertune intake. I'll make this very easy for you. AM Infinity, the 506 box. Cost effective, compact, beautiful, splash resistant, has 400 MIPS of information, so it's definitely a very fast processor, and it's chock full of fail safes that you can keep your engine very safe no matter the conditions. And get this. Unlike other high-end systems out there, you don't have to pay for upgrades to unlock features. It comes fully unlocked for closed-loop O2 feedback and has a processor built inside, so you don't have to buy a separate wideband. It has the ability to monitor knock and do closed-loop there. It has the ability to do full boost control. No need to buy a separate boost controller. has the ability, check this out, to do individual cylinder knock, individual cylinder fuel tuning with load and RPM references, has the ability to do flex fuel already built in, and get, get this, you can do oil pressure fail safes, lean fail safes, you can even pull back boost based upon air temp, like OEMs do, it's amazing, and if you need help with it, we stock them here, hit us up, maybe I can do a package deal for you, Christopher Angus, but you won't regret it, it's absolutely amazing, write to us, DM me here, I'll help you some prices and get you going. Sounds good, I hope. You're a genius and your bills are always awesome. Thank you, Cheer the Clutch Up. <laughs> Interesting name. But you know what? No man is an island. I couldn't have done this without my team. There's just no way. So I have a great team that supports me from Duran and Aaron to Lindsay and Hedy to Sam to, you know, Marvin, all these guys. Andy, I have a great team here. I, I, just, I just can't. Without them, I am nothing. I really mean it. I may come up with concepts and help with tuning, but my team is everything. I really mean it. Hello, Rokanjo Inspired. Good seeing you. Your knowledge is amazing. Thanks for sharing a bit, bit with us every week. My pleasure, Demos85. And I do this because I need to be that person I needed when I was younger. When I came here, I say this almost every Tech Tuesday, people shun me. I go to a shop. I want to learn. I go to a shop. I want to buy. I understand. I want to help out. I got no, 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 no. Then John Consciaudi, founder of AEM, took me under his wing. And he's been a wonderful influence for me since then. And allowed me to be who I am today. So my experience is what I'm sharing with you. My collective experience of trying things, experimenting, blowing things up, 
AJ and I were talking about this a week or so ago, how I have dino charts this thick that I had to pay for just to be able to learn. I'm sharing that knowledge so you guys can be better than I ever have been. That's my goal, for you to be better than me by far. So why not? And guess what? Me sharing my experiences and everything I know doesn't bother me at all because technology always advances. It really does. What I know today would be old news in a year. Can you believe in August last year, I didn't know anything about EV conversions? Absolutely nothing. And every day, I inch further and further to becoming a master in that realm. August last year, I didn't know anything. I remember not too long ago, I didn't know anything about turbocharging. And I moved to a point where now, turbocharged companies are asking me to come and talk at their summits. That's what happened. I didn't know anything about EVs, but I was at Barry Jackson a week and a half ago talking about EV technology. So technology continues to advance, and as I share more and more, I will continue to share and more will come, and we'll do even more wonderful things together. As long as you guys love, you know? Livigus says, left mobile one for pure all. He loves it. Thank you so much. I left, check this out, I left a paid sponsorship to buy pure all. I had a company that paid me for oil. <laughs> and I left because this compound is ridiculous. So I feel you, brother. I know where you're coming from exactly. I'm going to join us with Nitro and your pro stock chassis. Gingy Racing, I may. You know, I was just talking to my friend Xavier about this last week. If we were, oh, even Hideki, who works at Hyundai, who used to race wagons with us, I was talking to him on Sunday about this. Can you imagine, especially me as a chemical engineer, if I was allowed to use Nitro back in the day when we raced? I guarantee you 920 on a single cam would be rubbish would be if I let off. I'm telling you. <laughs> so I would like to do that. I just have so much on my plate. I have all these project cars and so on and so forth. I got to get rid of that green car back there and have an engine, GT2 engine in the back and a sequential gearbox I need to get rid of. There's a lot going on. Anyway. Hello, Freddie Gomez. Good seeing you. Go Kimmich. Greetings. What do I need for an eight swap in the 97 Accord? Not much. You know what? Your engine in the 97 Accord, the F engine and the Prelude has the same bolt pattern to the gearbox. Even the plugs are very similar. You can even cleverly move over your distributor if you so desire. So what I would do is contact Hasport and get some mounts. Upgrade your clutch. You can use something like Action. You can use the same flywheel even if your engine doesn't come with a flywheel. And definitely use an ECU that's similar or tune to what you currently have. Or add on a plug and play. It's not too bad. You can actually have a lot of fun doing that swap. And it's pretty straightforward. You don't have to do any hacking or cutting at all. Not bad at all. Hello, one low Yota. Good seeing you. Oh, I miss you guys are so good. For the green car, can you just give it to me? I can't. I paid a lot for that car. <laughs> and above and beyond paying a lot for this car, that paint has barely seen the sun. That's a new paint job. And I paid five grand for that paint job alone. So I'm willing to be very fair. Um, it's devoid of an engine and gearbox. So it's a nice roller. I do have glass here, so if you need glass, I have it. But maybe a proper offer, and maybe you'll be able to have it. BC, make time for yourself. I'd love to see you racing. I know R35, but my customers, and you guys, <laughs> come first. I'm kind of a, uh, it's sad, but I, I promise I'll try and take some time for myself. Phoenix, 930 from Germany, from Dortmund. Good seeing you, sir, from all across the pond. I think you're up a good nine hours ahead so it's almost 10 p.m your time thank you so much for joining onyx costa what's up huge fan from your work inspiration here for fan here from your work thank you so much sir. i appreciate the kind words indeed 
I appreciate that. Um, love the tips and explanations. I am here to help, Renee. Thank you so much. Would a K24A1 be great for boost? Absolutely. You can make on a K24A1 a solid 400 wheel. No problem. With a proper tune, of course. You can't put a rubbish tune on there. Or you'll bend those rods like that. <laughs> What's your thoughts on the Nissan VH45DE? I've never played with that engine. I've never played with that V engine. I just haven't. So I wouldn't be the best person in the position to provide that information. S.A. Lemo says, your podcast with Frank Downstar was fire. Thank you so much. I had a blast. And it's so amazing how many misconceptions exist about, out there about me and my company and so on and so forth. So I was more than happy to address those and dispel some of the rumors, <laughs> which is interesting. But I had a good time. And we're going to do a lot more with our good friends from Downstar, with Frank and his team. We forever are grateful for your support, BC says PR USA. Thank you so much. And thank you for creating wonderful projects. I love you guys indeed, you know. Speedy Eddie asks, what are your thoughts on hydrogen power? I think it's amazing. I just talked about that a moment ago because I believe it was Fox Design who talked about a hybrid setup where there's hydrogen as a generator for an EV setup. And I think that's the closest thing I'll ever do um, in the short term unless there's a client who really insisted on that. But for an internal hybrid project, that's probably the closest thing I do is a hydrogen-based hybrid setup, even in a Porsche. I'm, I'm crazy. I'm crazy like that. I really am. Putting away, you know, putting range anxiety at bay, which would be fantastic, you know? Have you raced anything with a live end? Have a first gen R7. I'm considering giving it the independent rear suspension. Yes, so you can't see it, but if you look up the BC Motor Insight, that has the very similar end. And I've drag raced it, not road raced it. Um, I've road raced with American Honda a Fit, a GK5, and you can tell independent is superior. <laughs> it really is. But I've done a lot of drag racing with, with a solid library axe. I've done it. And it's not so bad, drag racing. Our Gomez says, BC, fan of your work on Porsche cars. Did you go to school for that or just dive in hand, hands first? Keep with the amazing bills. Thank you, Our Gomez 79. So my background is in engineering. I love cars. I really, I, I don't hide it. Unlike a lot of Porsche tuners, I do not hide or am I ashamed of my heritage. I hone my teeth in small displacement, high RPM, inline four Hondas, period. I took a lot of the learnings from the VA guys, infused them into my Hondas and made tons of power, broke tons of records and went really fast. I use that same mindset and technology into Porsches. And guess what? The Porsches received them even better than the Hondas. The ports in these heads are ridiculous, especially the M96, M97 variety engines. Sleeving, all that stuff, valve train, five angle valve jobs, um, wow, even indexing plugs, camshaft profiles, valve spring technology, tuning secrets, methods of tuning, flex fuel, all that stuff came from my Honda days. Now into Porsches and it's amazing. So that's where it came from. I really, I, I'm not a Porsche tech. I'm the kind of guy who would read quite a bit, read uh, service manuals, take things apart without any influence as well, just see how things tick, and find ways to argument and improve on power plants. So that being said, um, what would I use in the E92 M3? Now, if your M3 calls for a 10W60 or 20W60, Pure doesn't make that. 
If it calls for a 10, for a 10 or 20W50, Pure has a 20W50. But if you have a 60 weight designation that's non-winter, unfortunately, my friends don't have something for you, my friend. What are the motors you plan on working on in the future? Now, you know what's weird? Um, I've been talking a lot to Hyundai, and it looks like I'll be playing a lot with their EV setups as well. And then Karma is another company that we've been going back and forth every week. So you may see some activity there. On the petrol engine side, I do want to still build a petrol engine for this crazy twin-turbo Cayman, something built. And then Sam from Wathfab needs my help in his K24. So I think those are some of the things I may do short-term. But in the future, something that's really hardcore, I'm telling you, most likely it would be some EV stuff. And I wouldn't mind getting some Tesla motors and really modifying those internally as well. I think that would be pretty fun, especially since they're quite plentiful. New to your ground, blown away by your collection. Thank you so much, Dawson Field. Appreciate the kind words. Yeah, ridiculous ports, Marky. Cross-sectional area and flow out of control. You know? A few of my friends think it's silly for me liking turbo lag. The answer is that there is no such thing as lag. Four player, four cars. You're funny. I didn't good. You know what's weird? My wagon was laggy. Like the first D-Series wagon where I put like a 67 millimeter turbo on it. And um, I think we had a 67, 67. And it was laggy. For a 1.6 liter, it was. But it created an amazing driving experience, especially when I had passengers. So I'll take a passenger, hey, just come ride with me. I will go in the back street here. And I'll go, you know, first, second, third, and I'll just floor third. And it was like, and they're looking at me like, okay, what's going to happen? And it comes on. And they're like, ah, everyone starts screaming. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> so I feel you, you know. Oh, my goodness. Wintermaster said, I picked up a 2000 ML55 AMG. Nice. Flashing will help you. Oil, flashing, exhaust. That's good. Marky Mark says, I have a Borg Warner EFR. What's trouble lag? Well, you have it too. <laughs> it doesn't matter what EFR is. There's some sort of lag. You want to experience something that doesn't have a lag at all? Drive an EV. You'll even say, oh my God, petrol engines have lag. It's, it's pretty bananas, but you have a little bit of lag. What's your favorite Honda engine setup build and why? Thanks for sharing with us. You know what, to be honest with you, for many, many years, it was the F20C from the S2000. But fast forward to today, and a lot of people don't like this, it's kind of a tie between the K24Z7 from the Night Gen Civic because it's perfect for turbocharging. You can literally bolt on a turbo with a short manifold from like PRL and put a turbo next turbo on there and boom, 400 wheel, Lag is like, what's lag? We were talking about lag, right? Very little lag, which is amazing. The other tie for that is the K20C. I am seeing some crazy power from stock S2000, um, stock um, Type R engines. 400 wheel horsepower, 400 pound foot of torque, 410, 411 pound foot of torque, more torque than Z7 on a stock engine. That is pretty bananas. To get a 2.0 to do that reliably, day in, day out, with a flash tune, man. Really impressive. So those two, it's kind of a tie. I'm kind of, I go back to the K20C and then I go to the K24Z. It's, it's, those are two engines that really, really impress me indeed, you know? Are you ready to tune my FK8 K20C? Yes, I am, Jonathan Ross Perez. I'm down. Lag, give other motors hope. Yes, except we anti-lag, then they don't have hope, huh? <laughs> 
Busy or genius with cars, says Adriel2008. Thank you so much. Have you done any work on Mazda BP Motors? No, I have not. We need to take the wagon back to the track. Kevin, you of all people know, duty calls for, I have to work first. My, my desires are second, secondary. I am swamped. <laughs> my vacation is talking to you, my family. But it'll come soon. I think things may slow down by, let's say, March, which is a good time anyway. Oh, Winter Lamazas, can you help with that? Can we talk about it? I, I, I think you're referring to a Mercedes, let me know. I don't recall. Can you get your hands on the GD all drive fits? No, not at this time yet. Not yet, sir. Have you seen Gozen Quartz S2000 build? Sexy green? No, I have not. What are your thoughts for EJ Motors on Subies? From what I've seen, a lot of people are having challenges with bearings and rod bolts. Um, they are not my first engine of choice. I love the flat fours. Don't get me wrong. I love the flat engines. But they need some love when we start pushing things. They do. Marky Mark says, everything you're saying is so correct. I just have so much invested in petrol. Dang it. I know. I hear you, brother. I know. I know how it is. You know? F-286 will kill all these modern new engines. Yes, it would. But you know what's weird? I love the F-22s. Non-VTEC. I love those engines. But compared to the K-Series, I mean, please, I didn't go, don't kill me here. Compared to the K-Series engines, you have to do a lot more to F-22A to get that power. So for me to make a reliable 230-wheel NA um, on F-22, I would ideally have to go higher in compression, um, definitely get some larger camshafts, valve train, um, the induction, the stock intake manifold is rubbish, so I may have to do something kind of bespoke, or ITBs, or maybe put an H23 one, or even make an adapter for a K-Series one, maybe an RBC one, do a custom header and all that good stuff. And then, if my camshafts don't quite get me there, I may have to get extended rockers to allow me to run even bigger camshafts. While the F, the K-Series, couple roller rockers already, for me, 240, I just need a TSX K24, um, make sure the intake flows, get a header, tune it, and I'm there. So it's a lot more cost-effective for bang for buck. Um, and boosting, I guess, is kind of a bit of a tie, except that the K-Series have a lot more aftermarket support. So it, it's tough. It's tough. Back in the day when the K-Series were very expensive, yes. But nowadays, it's a bit of a challenge, you know? Once I visit Iran for more GoFast parts, then I'll come see you. Sounds good, Jonathan Ross Perez. Shops are not open at night. You know what? I don't sleep. So I'm here working late night, Kevin. And then when I get to the residence, I do paperwork. So I'm up working even when I'm home. And Hedy can attest to that. It's, I'm, I'm constantly working. Um, how do you modify the Turbo 2.0, make it more torque than the LS engine? Yeah, that's pretty bananas, huh? Crazy, huh? Um, San Diego's in the house, says BR1N85. Good seeing you, sir. Thank you so much, King Ray Ray 503. Appreciate that. 945K3, Electric Incredible. Thank you, Clement Jamar. It is the most amazing car I've driven in a very, very, very long time. It's amazing indeed, you know? Red Porsche, another great build. Thank you so much, Jakai. And if you missed it, I gave a great insight on why I built this and the fun that came from that. But it's really, really cool. So, that being said, guys, I have this look. I have my red mark. It's telling me, get off! So guys, Instagram stops me at an hour. So I really appreciate you guys. But nonetheless, it's good seeing all of you. Please keep in mind what I talked about when choosing your products. Choose wisely and begin with the end in mind. 
I appreciate you even all the way from Seattle and Germany and the rest of that. Um, I really appreciate all the stuff that you guys do for me and being there for me. And please be that person that you need when you're younger. You never know whose life can change or influence positively. This will be up for 24 hours here on Instagram. Above and beyond that, I'm recording it for Podcast Network. So you have this via podcast on your favorite outlets, Podbean, Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. Just search for BC Moto. That will come up. And you're right, Gap in uh, 01. BC is really busy. So take care, guys. Let's get together again next week. I'll answer more of your questions, especially that good one in terms of reliability for CRX. Talk to you soon. Take care, everyone. Cheers. Bye-bye.